We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Advanced Sports Analytics Show here on Roto-Grinders, brought to you by Jock Market. Stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market, the app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money. Download now for a 100% deposit match up to $50 using the promo code GRINDERS. And get this, if you don't turn a profit this week, Jock Market is running back their first market guarantee to cover your losses this week. So download Jock Market in the app or play stores or check out jockmarket.com, J-O-C-K-M-K-T.com and use the code GRINDERS for a 100% deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter. Joined by the man behind the numbers and the dials that are probably working overtime for this week. Probably have to refresh that. The, the hamsters are running around. Constantly. They're looking at you going, this again? What's the news? It's uh, Stuart Gibson from Advanced Sports Analytics. Uh, we, just, we just got word that Dalvin Cook is now on the COVID list. So I'm, I'm assuming you got to run everything again. Uh, the Chiefs, Kelsey and Hill, uh, they're on the COVID list. They may come off the COVID list. Austin Eckler's on it. They may, he may come off it. Uh, Stuart, how are how you dealing with this week? When uh, it's, We're doing this on Thursday before the, before the holiday break. Uh, it's quite possible that anything we say right now uh, means nothing comes up. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, taking it piece by piece and not trying to uh, 
rerun the wheel uh every time you know something comes out because it just seems like one of these weeks that uh the the uh, pool of players that are going to be available and not available are, are going to be constantly in flux i mean i think talking about ahead of the show like uh yeah last week it was kind of just figuring out who was going to be out and i think we actually had a pretty clear picture of that heading into the weekend especially once the games that were postponed were uh announced to to be so yeah, I mean, this week is just a mess. I mean, who, guys coming back from COVID, guys going on to the COVID protocol, guys going on to the protocol who might come off of the protocol. Um, yeah, it's going to be a mess. Um, yeah, right now, just working under the assumptions of kind of who's uh, who, who's in and who's out as of now. Uh, that, that could obviously, all this stuff could change. Uh, certainly doesn't help uh, having this come ahead of the holiday weekend, but um, yeah, we're gonna keep an eye on it. Uh, definitely, I think good to pay attention to Vegas totals in times of uncertainty like these. You know, uh, the, have to imagine that they're going to be pretty quick and uh, pretty sharp in moving things around as some of these key players are going to get uh, ruled in and out. Um, yeah, figure, it looks like there's it's going to be a week where there's going to be plenty of good. Uh, value plays to be had, you know, this is going to open up uh, a lot of value uh, running back with, you know, Cook likely out potentially with uh, Eckler out. Um, Letter Fournette is out. Yeah, of course, Fournette and, you know, Jones is looking like good value. Um, yeah, uh, it's going to be a lot to, to, to keep uh, keep eyes on uh, as the week unfolds. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll try to parse through, though, what we have uh, as of now. Well, we got a very similar week to last week where the totals of these games are not very high. We have the highest total, 48 and a half. The lowest is a 40 and a half and a ton of games in that like 40 to 45 range. I mean, really, it's a 48 and a half total in the Rams-Vikings game. Then it goes down to 45 and a half, and then it just kind of slides down from there. We got some teams with a little bit good uh, team totals because the spreads are fairly high. Uh, so let's let's first talk about uh, the highest total game on the slate, because uh, whether or not it's a plus or a minus, I think uh, we're still we're still going to be looking at chalky pieces. We're going to be looking at very fairly condensed teams on how they attack. So even if you don't stack it up, uh, you're probably still playing one off pieces from it. And that's the Rams at the Vikings. It's a 48 and a half total. Rams are favored by three and a half currently. The implied team total for the Rams, 26. Vikings, 22 and a half. Uh, I mean, on either side, even on DraftKings at 9,100, with the value that's available, uh, Cooper Cup is still most likely going to be the chalkiest player on the slate. But it's quite possible that Stafford, uh, I mean, Stafford will still get owned. Uh with Cook out, that brings Madison into the question. He's a little bit priced up more on DraftKings at 6,800, but it, it, he's still underpriced. FanDuel, on the other hand, still left him at 5,500. He's probably going to be a million percent on there. Uh, Stafford plus Cup plus Madison or plus Jefferson. We still need to know whether or not Thielen is back. Uh, you could always pair... Uh, the second receiver with Stafford, with OBJ, Van Jefferson, Higby, assuming if he's back. Uh, is there is there any way around? Th- I mean, this is the best game environment on the slate. Is what what do your tools say as far as 
like Stafford, the Stafford end of the equation with Cup being so owned. Uh, do you think a better way to play it? I know he only had like 87 passing yards on Monday Night Football, but do you think the sharper way to play this is maybe you could play Cup, but play the from the cousin side, or is or is that or is that too low win probability for you? Yeah, we 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 like that side. Uh, we've got not so great grades on the Los Angeles side from from a simulation standpoint. Like I think Cup checks out as you know a good value and and pretty accessible at that price point, just given the value we're expecting at running back. Um, but we're not super high on doing like a big Los Angeles stack. Um, but we have pretty strong grade on the Minnesota side. Uh, so going something like Cousins plus Jefferson plus Cup, I think you could even do uh, Cousins plus Madison. To, you know, in, in kind of these situations, Madison has been pretty productive pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, if Thielen doesn't go, uh, do like uh, KJ Osborne a good bit. Uh, I think, you know, something like Cousins, Osborne, Jefferson, Cup makes a lot of sense. And, you know, you're going to get good leverage against uh, the, these Madison, Madison Cup combos. Like, I think, I think probably more than anything, we'll just see a lot of Cup Madison one offs or kind of second, not one offs, I guess, secondary correlations. Uh, so, so maybe heavying up on the Minnesota side and still getting you know that correlated exposure uh to cup uh we, we think makes a lot of sense uh so that would be kind of how i would look to attack this game and yeah i mean i, I feel fine going with the. you have any side. correlation uh metrics on cooper cup and the opposing running back uh yeah let me pull it up real quick i know i know uh, that's something that you could look at at advanced sports yep. analytics.com <laughs> because my question here typically when we get very high owned one-offs like I'm, I'm, I'm typically, you know, I'm looking a way to play them differently, which means play it with a secondary correlation, play it inside of a stack, just so you're not playing like a 32% on Cooper Cup on the island. Uh, I'd rather like Cousins get there, or Staff, even if Stafford gets there, you know, something happens more correlatively that less of the field is going to play. So I'm thinking in terms of like how much, how strong is the correlation between Cup. And I, I, I would I would look up the Madison one, but we don't have enough of a sample size of like Madison plus opposing wide receivers. But I'm thinking I'm more on the fact of like how to cup opposing wide receivers and opposing running backs like fair. And is the correlation worth like it seems weird to say that like cup plus Madison will be a very heavily owned combination. But is the correlation worth it? Yeah, it's I mean, it's. So cup this, and I'm looking at this year, I do think cups role this year compared to last is, I don't know, t tangibly different. Um, you know, he still was wide receiver one last year, but it seems like he's kind of hit a new level as far as uh, usage, slight negative correlation with opponent running back, opponent running backs, negative uh, 0.16. Uh, so neutral to negative cup opposing QB. I find interestingly enough, negative, 0.40 so strong negative correlation between cup and they've had a opposing. lot of blowouts uh Stewart. Yeah, so i mean i'm I assuming guess, that's the case yeah um so you know uh I, I i guess that that could be skewed by just those data points of blowouts but if uh cup's best games come in and and you know i i would say 
Cup's performance is strongly correlated with just the overall performance of the Los Angeles offense. But if Cup's best games, Los Angeles' best games come in uh, blowout scenarios, right, that would tend to suggest like a not a great spot for trying to, uh, you know, run it, run it back. Essentially, this idea of doing like a big Minnesota game stack versus Cup. Um, or would the data suggest more of the fact of running more of a large Rams non-runback type of situation, playing Stafford? If we know that a lot of people are going to run back cup stacks type lineups with Madison or Jefferson, do you think yeah. a sharper play is to avoid that ownership and go just Stafford cup plus Higby or OBJ and no, and just like three plus zero it and be like, that is the way to play cup differently and benefit from the supposed negative correlation being that cup has all of his big games. Typically when the Rams Rams are up by like three touchdowns. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. Uh, I think it could be a, an interesting way of doing it. Um, yeah. Essentially you're saying you're expecting huge positive outcome for cup Stafford uh, Rams as a whole. And, and rather than, you know, trying to get caught up and, you know, uh, acquiring, I guess, this positive correlation, if you, if you believe that there's truly negative correlation between um, those guys and the opposition, yeah, just kind of letting, letting the many lineups that are going to go, say Stafford Cup plus Madison or Jefferson, uh, let, let them kind of miss on those, those Minnesota guys and, and yeah, deploy your, your lineup slots elsewhere. Okay, uh, that's the only game on the slate that is like a 48 and a half is not like we've had slates where 48 and a half was the sixth highest team to, the total on the slate. Uh, the rest are 45 and a half or below. And obviously these 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 totals may kind of flip-flop a bit as, you know, players are in and players are out. But uh, out of the rest of the games on the slate, compared to current ownership, and just to, just to make it clear, so we're, we're all, both on the same page, uh, in in my, I'm I'm going under the assumption currently that Kelsey and Hill are going to play. So I don't know. In your in your stuff, yeah. are you are you projecting yep. it as if them playing, or are you projecting as if they're both out? Yeah, we we have. Uh, I know Hill for sure because I was looking at Kansas City a bit. Um, we have Kelsey projected out, Hill projected in. Um, so that 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 you know could be why. Uh, so, so if if there is a divergence in kind of thought, um, okay. yeah, man, gotta be one of those weird weeks where like, uh, yeah, based on what assumptions you make, uh, thing, things could appear quite differently. Uh, uh, that Chiefs game, do you have that Chiefs game compared to current projected ownership, depending on what you're looking at, uh, as a plus or minus game? Yeah, we we have that as a plus, although I think our ownership projections are not as. Uh, we're not projecting the ownership for Hill as high as I think it would be. Oh, I'm sorry. We, sorry. We're, we're assuming that Hill, both Hill and Kelsey are out actually. Um, okay. So that's, that's why with the divergence here, like I think if, if on this slate with the running back value that's available, I expect we have Hill currently in RG is 20% projected owned. So like, like we're going, we're going under the assumption. I mean, obviously this will change. I mean, by lock, I mean, we'll know, uh, I mean, we'll probably know on Saturday. Uh, so obviously compared, like we, we almost, between me and you, it's hard to even discuss this game 
Because yeah. you're you're looking at Mahomes plus Hardman plus Pringle type lineups, and I'm looking at like single stack Mahomes Hill lineups and the ownership that goes in comparison to both. But given given the information that we do have, would you consider them if 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 we know that both of them are out? I think Byron Pringle's ownership goes up exponentially. Uh, do you think that if they're out, it's plus? Do you think if they're in, it's like what? Depending on in and out status, would you give it a, a change your opinion on whether or not it's a plus or minus versus ownership? Yeah, I think I think if they were out, um, you're going to see a lot of ownership on some of these guys, and I, I think I would prefer to be under if they're in. Um, I, I would I would be pretty excited to play a cup. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Hill or Kelsey plus plus Mahomes. Like I think Pittsburgh. Um, I haven't been paying super close attention to what ownership has been versus Pittsburgh, but they're not really, they haven't been as good of a pass defense this year as, you know, they're kind of made out to believe as, you know, this, this steel curtain. I mean, they've had such a strong defense for, for many years, but they, they've been pretty attackable through the air. And um, yeah, it's certainly like a, a, a kind of feasible lineup given how much savings we can expect at running back. So if they do both play, uh, I, I'd be pretty interested in playing Mahomes plus one of those guys. Um, and I think you could get away with even a double stack if you don't play Cup, yeah, right? Like you true. play Mahomes, Kelsey Hill, you don't. And truthfully, I don't even think you need a a, a, a Pittsburgh run back. I think they're overpriced. I think Harris and Johnson and Claypool is is losing snaps. Fryermuth yeah. is okay if he comes back from a concussion, but like. I don't trust Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball. I don't trust him staying in the game enough. If Kelsey and Hill have big games, I think it's more likely the Chiefs win, you know, 34 to three, than it's a competitive game and it's like 27, 24. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think like if they're out, this game could, could just go massively under. Um, I would certainly be more interested in playing the side of if these, if these guys are in. Uh, what other games uh, on the docket do you, do you believe compared to ownership? I mean, I just wanted to get the Chiefs one out of the way because I knew that we'd have some divergence in numbers based on who's in and who's out. But yeah. uh, we, we, I mean, we're assuming that Eckler is out. That's what I have in, in mind. Uh, so what, what other games do you believe are plus versus ownership? Yeah, so we, we have some fairly strange ones uh, bubbling to the top. You know, Minnesota we touched on. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one game that has not a terrible total, and it's a team that I know I feel like you frequently are really not uh, in favor of, but we've got Atlanta uh, carrying pretty decent, uh, I guess, value relative to ownership. Uh, 43 game figures to be reasonably competitive um be interesting to see if deandre swift comes back like he would be uh a guy you know i'd be pretty interested in playing across from atlanta or you know if he if he doesn't like looking at someone like amon ross st brown who was great last week uh that that's a spot that we have showing up as, as quite strong um and really either side although the the numbers are coming across reasonably well for the detroit side but you know, do get a little worried with uh, David Blau, but uh, maybe, maybe, you know, our, our models saying, Hey, how much, how much, you know, worse or 
kind of safe of a thrower can he be than Jared Goff? So, um, right. yeah, I, think, I, think Tim, I think Tim Boyle is going to start. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tim Boyle, David Blau. It's, you know, all but it does, doesn't really matter. No. Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, correct. Tim, Tim Boyle. Um, yeah, so, so that, that to me, I think either side looks compelling, but uh, more partial to the Atlanta side uh, for sure. No, I have that as a plus two. These, these are two disgusting teams that people don't want to play, but Matt Ryan projects actually very well. I mean, we haven't seen this that much this year that the Falcons have a 24 and a quarter implied total, uh, and that's come down. Uh, they're playing at home inside the dome. We have a lot of games that are being played out, so outside in the cold. Uh, Russell Gage at 5,900. I know it sounds disgusting, which is why I think psychologically people are going to stay away. But his past five games, 11, 6, 12, 7, 8, target-wise, uh, I'm not, it's the it's the Lions for crying out loud. So like, like, why not play Ryan, Gage, Pitts, Patterson, some type of lineup like that? Maybe you don't even have to run it back. And if you do, you're probably playing Amon Ross St. Brown. I think I I I I think there's a very high variant spot. And I like targeting and GPP high variant spots. Two crappy teams. So either it's going to be 10 to 3 or 42 to 35. Like that's the the range of outcomes this game could possibly have. And looking at current ownership, like really not much is there. So why not get on board Falcons Lions and just you, you hold your fingers, you hold your nose, and no, I'm I'm yeah. with you. I I consider this to be a a plus game also, uh, and the prices like none of these guys are like values. They're all like kind of efficiently priced, yeah. but you're not caring about median when it comes to GPP. You just care about ceiling, and with how many low total games there are on the slate. Like if this is the game that goes nuts and none of the others do, like this is the game that you'll need. Like it's, we don't have that many games to choose from that are good game environments that I'd rather hope that one out of the 11 goes 20 points over the total. And I have that, that game. And with it being a high variant spot, I consider uh, the Falcons and the Lions to be one of those spots. Yeah. And I know, you know, you, you, you say every week kind of you're, you're, happy to let people miss on him but uh yeah i think a decent week for cordero patterson um he, he's showing up as kind of a plus ev play uh in our numbers and he's gonna go he's gonna go way under own uh stewart because yeah, it's, it's of all the like, other running back value that's on the slate yeah it, it's it's somewhat of a you know you're, you're really gaining leverage i know you talk a lot about pricing leverage right on identifying what the kind of common or popular lineup structure build structure will be uh and i think we've kind of ta talked about it with these first two games that you know, people are going to be comfortable paying up for a uh, wide receiver and potentially tight end with kelsey and down at running back and you know you kind of get a i think a neat way to and and potentially pay up at you know quarterback like i think uh you know some of these 6k and up guys are going to be 6 5k and up guys are going to be uh pretty popular and uh th this bill just feels very different from uh yeah how, how everyone uh not how everyone but you know how a, a large portion of the field is going to build lineups so um yeah think think a, a spot that's going to be different in a in a number of ways uh, my plus game on the slate which i i did have the falcons lines as a plus 
Uh, my other plus game is uh, Bengals Ravens. Uh, the total has kind of, the totals come down. The line has kind of flipped. Uh, we still have to figure out if Lamar Jackson is going to play. Uh, from a pace of play perspective, this game could be slow, right? the two teams that enjoy running the ball more than passing the ball. But in looking through a lot of the games on this slate, like I take a look at, at games like Jets, Jaguars, right? Two really bad teams. Uh, it doesn't fit that Falcons lions dynamic because these are two very inefficient offenses like the Jets and Jaguars. I don't look at them and go big plays coming between Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow are much better quarterbacks. And even though the median projections on all of these skill players are efficient to slightly overpriced, the ceilings of these guys are just on this, like Marquise Brown, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Mark Andrews, like any of these guys, Joe Mixon out of the backfield, even any of these guys could break 60 yard plays at any time. And that's, all you need is one or two of those, and the game goes from a uh, you know a sloppy, slow run fest to you know like like the Packers Ravens game from last week, thirty-one thirty. So even though projection wise, I'm not a big fan of like median wise, they they do not rate out very well. But I think people are going to be awful Lamar Jackson. I think he's at is one of its cheapest prices. Uh, I think people tend to think the Ravens defense is good when they're not, especially pass coverage. They got like all, all the entire second starting secondary from the beginning of the year is out, right? They're playing second and third string guys. Uh, from a ceiling perspective, I, I, I think I don't mind taking a shot on, you know, uh, single stack Lamars like Lamar plus Browns or double stack Burrows with Chase and Higgins. Uh, or maybe you throw in an Azoma in there or Tyler Boyd. You do something like that and uh, hope the big plays come. Do, do you have this game as, as, a, as a plus or, or a minus? We've got it kind of in the middle skewing towards uh, minus. I, I guess I can see kind of where, where your head's at. Like, yeah, huge ceiling, low ownership. Um, I'm going to guess that the uh, kind of bearishness on this game is coming from potential for slow play uh yeah i mean there there are a lot of <clears throat> a handful of really strong ceiling players in this game but it is a handful right like you know cincinnati can be tough to figure out at times uh baltimore with the kind of recent emergence of mark re-emergence i guess of mark andrews uh you know the brown bateman can be tough to figure out at times. Uh, so, so I think that that could be where kind of it's coming from on our end. Uh, yeah. I agree that they don't project super favorably, but yeah, from a, from an ownership to ceiling uh, or ownership versus ceiling uh, for these guys, there definitely are, are a number of guys that stand out as super high ceiling relative to their ownership. Uh, my, my fear is that I guess with these offenses being, potentially spread out that it, it could be tough to pin down uh that'll keep people away yeah yeah i mean that that is true um like i think of though 
like, I don't know, teams that I'm happy to try to take shots on figuring out, even if they're spread out or like these really fast pass heavy teams like Tampa Bay, uh, Buffalo, Kansas city, uh, you know, less, less so, uh, the run heavy, uh, certainly teams that are going up against one another. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. They're, they're no, not, I, no they're I get not... it, but I mean, I'm, I'm comparing it to ownership. I, yep. I understand exactly what you're saying. I agree with you. Just a matter of like, if people are going to stay away from this spot, like I'm more inclined to lean a little bit more towards. Yep. No, I, I, I see, I see, I see the line of thought. Um, it, it does make sense just not not showing up in our simulations and you know that like the the funny thing about this week is that anything that looks uh potentially good or not good at the beginning of the week could yeah so Stuart is fixing uh his microphone for a little bit uh but but yeah, but I, I I do agree. Like figuring out, uh, you know, if it's if if the game could end up being you know 28, uh, 21, and no one gets there because the production is spread around to everyone. But uh, but if if that's going to lead people away from it, maybe maybe I take a little bit of it. So, uh, Stuart, hopefully your 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 mic is is okay. How are we doing? It now? Sounds okay. Do, do you have another? Do you have another? Do you have, do you have a, a minus game? Um, yeah, I mean, Los Angeles, like, like uh, the Rams, uh, we're, we're looking like a kind of popular minus. I expect Philadelphia to be very popular. We kind of have them as middling. Um, I think, uh, yeah, we, we have them as middling. They're, they're kind of, a, a, I, I would say more of a slight plus th than a minus, but certainly think, uh, you know, that, that is a, just like, I test, you know, super popular uh, Eagles. Uh, they're a team that just doesn't really play fast and, and you know, can be run heavy. But, I, you know, I think the popular stack is going to be Hurts, who doesn't really, like, figure to get hurt in a huge way by um, the game skewing run heavy. And probably, like, Dallas Goddard, uh, probably bring back of, like, Kenny Galladay or something, or, or maybe not bring back a giant at all. Um, yeah, what do, you, what do you make of this? Philly side or this game as a whole they, they they strike me as a team I would like to be under they're they're showing up as kind of slight positives in our numbers um but yeah curious to get your thoughts on this game it is a bit puzzling to me as to, to where to you know stand on this one no I have it as a minus only because Hearts plus Goddard figures to be popular I think I'm more inclined to take maybe take a shot of Miles Sanders or Devonta Smith right to kind of get away from that I'm, I'm not a big fan of anyone on the Giants but yeah. I say Miles Sanders only because there are going to be other running backs in that range that are going to be way more owned than him. So if I want negative correlation against uh, Hertz and uh, Hertz Goddard stacks, I mean, Miles Sanders has like the most amount of touches without a touchdown. Maybe this is the game he does, but obviously, you know, any touchdown that Sanders gets comes off of Hertz's ceiling, but the, it, it works in reverse as well. That if Hertz has a big game, Sanders is sitting there not doing much. I wanted to know your thoughts, uh, Stuart, on the Tampa Bay Carolina game because I like the game, but I have I have this as the most negative 
as far as ownership is concerned, because we have Ronald Jones at running back, who figures to be one of the most popular plays on the entire slate, and Antonio Brown on DraftKings. On FanDuel, he's 7,000, so maybe not, not as popular there. Uh, 4,900 with Evans and Godwin out and Fournette out. Like, and he's coming back, like, he's wildly underpriced. I see. And then DJ Moore actually projects well on the Carolina side because Tampa Bay plays fast and the other team tends to throw the ball more against the Tampa Bay defense. Like how the hell do I play this game and not run into a ton of ownership? Cause like Brady plus Brown plus Gronk that's, that's popular. And then you run it back with DJ Moore. Oh, great. More, more, but more chalky pieces to go along with it. And even if you pair Brady Jones Brown, now you're still running into ownership. It's like, like is 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 the way to play this on taking a shot on a Tyler Johnson, like playing a Brady, Brady Johnson, Gronkowski, Robbie Anderson lineup, where you're playing the same game, but you're avoiding the chalk pieces, or is the better way to just avoid the game? Yeah, we 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 have it as a minus from a stack standpoint, but um, I, I'd be okay with taking like a one, you know, one-off piece. From this game, like Brown to me seems like just, you know, guy, I'm, I'm happy taking Antonio Brown, not trying to stack him up with Brady or anything. And, uh, you know, just, just calling it a day. Uh, not super interested in, I guess, like DJ Moore is really the only one that projects with relatively strong value. And I don't know, at this point, like even someone like Robbie Anderson hasn't proved to have like a strong ceiling w- within this kind of offense and role. Um, yeah, we, we, we have this game as, as, as a, a strong negative as well. Um, my I, one I think... way to be different in this game, Stuart is playing the other side, but I, I'm never, I'm never a fan of like, I Cam Newton has a ceiling, but I'm never a fan when the coach says that he may not even play all the snaps. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I'm inclined to say look no further than the game total, but it's not like a terrible uh, game total relative to where some of these other uh, totals stand. Uh, but yeah, we, we have it just as not, uh, I mean, the Car- the Carolina total is really pretty paltry. It's, you know, Tampa Bay side doesn't look terrible, but you know, you're going to get the huge ownership. I am not too interested in stacking from the Carolina side and, and, and neither really the Tampa side, but I, I guess the, the Tampa side, would make more sense to me just on a, a value standpoint, but in general uh, would, would like to be yeah, off, off this game from stack for stacking purposes and really just trying to take a one-off piece. Like honestly, not like super high on Jones relative to his ownership, but like Antonio Brown would be probably the spot I, I would be most interested in. It's just a one-off. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, play, I, I play this game in cash. I mean, like, like in DraftKings cash games and, and, you know, Jones and Brown will be in my lineup. So like, like, it's not like the value is there. It just comes down to, are they worth their ceiling at their ownership and an 11 game slate? I think they're, they're over owned for their likelihood of being in the optimal line. Yeah. Uh, Any other games on the slate that you wanted to talk about? You know, you know, you know, one thing that we don't see that often Buffalo with this low of a team total. Uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've said the entire year that I have no problem. You know, if Josh, I, I have no problem playing Josh Allen on every slate, having one Josh Allen stack, because you never know. 
but Bill Belichick kind of has his number. I mean, like, uh, do you think that at that ownership level, because Buffalo is going to be like unowned, like, yeah. I mean, unowned, I mean, like depending on if uh, Sanders is back, because now we have Beasley is doubtful. Uh, Singletary is kind of, taken over the backfield a bit like i don't expect this game to be to go off at all i mean it's maybe one of the lowest probabilities of this game going 60 plus points but i mean gabe davis was chalk last week at 3700 he's 4700 and we currently have him as under one percent owned uh like why why not take a shot on alan diggs why not do something like, I mean, it sounds disgusting. You play Jacoby Myers on the other side. I mean, I mean, Allen's not going to be, I mean, Allen at, at 3% ownership. I mean, is it, is it just me just kind of like getting drawn in by the, the raw, like Buffalo pass rate is so high, even though the pass run rate is very high also that they're playing in new England. That's not a good thing. Uh, that maybe Josh Allen, maybe the Bills go out and put up 38 points this game. I mean, like, like it's the Bills. Yeah. We yeah, we we've got a a slightly positive kind of middling grade on both sides of the game, slightly higher on New England, actually. I mean, I think an interesting thing is gonna be, yeah, paying attention to the Beasley um news and like Emmanuel Sanders could be back. I think that uh would have an impact, obviously, on the viability of Gabe Davis um but i play and, sanders and, at four thousand. yeah no yeah i mean i i think that that definitely could be in play if it kind of shakes out where beasley's out sanders is in um yeah a lot, a lot of moving pieces with this game as of now i think uh yeah it looks like a fine spot to to try to attack um but definitely got to see how this buffalo uh receiving course shakes out heading into the weekend um yeah no alan alan plus digs plus whichever kind of cheap receiver makes the most sense uh if sanders is kind of given the full green light that 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 uh could be interesting um so yeah no I, I think it makes sense uh like i said re- reasonably strong grades uh, on both sides of the game what do you so, like thinking about buffalo i mean are you envisioning bringing someone back from new england i just like i mean the guy that, that's standing out just from kind of a num- not in a huge way but just from a number standpoint, it's just like forever, never, you know, Jacoby Myers. Um, it's just like, um, you know, I've lost a good bit of money trying to, you know. Well, I, I want to, I want to see if Dame, I want to, Stewart, I want to see if Damien Harris plays. He's questionable. So okay. if he doesn't, uh, why not Ramondre Stevens? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I, I, I kind of want to look at if, if, if news comes in that makes like, late news that makes like another running back in that 5k range viable. Like that's a way of kind of like getting off some of the, the, the more like value running backs. I mean, I'm, I'm viewing this slate more that my running back pool is going to be very small because the running back value is so much better than the wide receiver. Like, to me, there pretty much isn't wide receiver value. Uh, assuming that uh, Hill and Kelsey play. Uh, so I'm much more likely to eat chalk at running back and get different and not play a 30% on Antonio Brown or a 35% on Cooper cup and try to find a way to be different there than uh, 
And but that all depends on our other running backs going to be viable. Because if it's the type of thing that Damian Harris is like, we'll see on Sunday morning, and then he's ruled out at inactives or something, and it's like, well, Ramondre Stevenson at four percent ownership seems pretty cool to me. Because I mean, yeah. he'll project. He won't project as good as a Justin Jackson or a uh, Ronald Jones, but Ronald Jones will be 30% owned. Stevenson will be 3% owned. And there's no way that, that they should both be a 10 to one difference there. Yeah. Um, no, it makes sense. I got one more game uh, that I know it's a team you, you often like. I am concerned that the total, it, it just on paper looks preventatively low. Um, but but we, we've got it as a good week uh, to stack Las Vegas. Um, man, 41.5 game total, though, uh, is, is, is quite low. Um, Do you have Waller in or out? We have Waller out. Um, so Okay, because I have Waller in, and I say, if Waller's in, I, I don't want to play this game at all. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, we, we are projecting with Waller out such that, like, Jacobs looks like a strong play. Renfro looks like a strong play. Um, yeah, naturally. No, no, I'd be, I'd be with you. I'd be with you. If Waller's out, like we see on like Saturday night or something, Waller ain't going to play. Like people aren't going to be on this. I and mean, yeah, I, you're right. The, the game total sucks. But, you know, I don't mind playing a single digit on Jacobs and Renfro. Maybe I don't play Carr. Maybe I don't play Game Stack. Maybe I don't play anyone on Denver. But really this comes down to if Waller's back, I'm almost more likely to play Waller at 6K then play Jacobs and Renfro because Wall's been out for the past three games. And that's kind of when Renfro has turned into Cooper Cup. And I think with Waller back, I mean, the target shares are going to kind of go back to what they were at the beginning of the season. And I think these guys are maybe slightly overpriced. Yeah. Um, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, right. If yeah. Uh, if Waller back would probably reduce the projectable target share for Renfro and Jacobs each, you know, uh, I don't know. Four, four to seven percentage points, I guess. Probably more so for for Renfro than Jacobs. Um, what do you make of? I mean, last week people were very excited to play Dolphins against the Jets. Uh, don't see people having much interest in that. Uh, doing Jacksonville versus the Jets this week, um, right? James Robinson, so. you rain James Robinson or nothing. Got it. I mean, this game, to me, this is like the, the most disgusting game on the entire slate. Got it. Um, Maybe you play the defense. You play the defense. Yeah. We've, we've got, we've got decent grades on, on Jacksonville. Um, but they, they didn't do much. They, they were kind of a trendy, uh, trendy play last week. Didn't get huge ownership, but kind of. They lost by double digits to the Texans. Yeah, no, I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. The, the narrative was that the departure of Urban Meyer would, you know, unlock uh, the Jacksonville offense, and that was not the case. Um, yeah, um, let's see. Uh, I mean, we haven't really talked much about Los Angeles versus Houston, um, probably in part because it just so much is hinged on the Eckler news. Um would Eckler being ruled in or out, uh, you know, have, have a, have a major impact on kind of how you, uh, I mean, obviously it would have a major impact. Yes, obviously how, has a major yeah, impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, if, if Eckler, if Eckler is, is ruled back in, 
that'll eliminate the Justin Jackson ownership, <laughs> right? It'll yeah. bump up Ronald Jones, James Robinson, David Montgomery ownership. Uh, Eckler back in will decrease the ownership of like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Uh, I mean, I, I view this game as neutral. Uh, I don't want to play anyone on the Texans. I think a way to play this game, if, if Eckler is out and you don't want to play Justin Jackson, play a Herbert double stack. But I also think that you could play Herbert plus Jackson plus Williams or Allen or Cook or something like that and play it that way. I think Nico Collins at 3,400 is you could play as a run back, right? Yeah. Depending on what's going, you know, uh, Brandon Cooks is gone, right? So like, like it all, that's why we're having this conversation. Like, I always have to ask you, like, do you have these guys in or out? Like when you mentioned the Raiders, it's like, well, with Waller in it, I don't agree with you. And the same thing for the chiefs. So uh, it really, it really, I, I, I prefer the stack more if Jack, if, uh, when, if Jackson is in only cause I think that the ownership of the other charges goes down and I get yeah. leverage off of a $4,200 Justin Jackson. And then if Eckler's in, I almost feel like I'd rather Eckler is the leverage, right? To play yeah. a high price running back on the slate where most people are playing low price running backs. Right. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and with Eckler out, I mean, you know, I think we've seen at times Herbert can be a pretty productive runner near the goal line. And, um, yeah, so much of the ownership is going to flock to Jackson. I think maybe going, uh, you know, with a Los Angeles stack gives you some leverage against that. And, yeah, Houston yeah, could, could be could be a spot where you're just not bringing anyone back. Uh, man, they're, they're really trotting out a, a JV team out there uh, this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, Nick, I guess Nico Collins is going to be wide receiver one at what thirty four hundred, I think. Um, what what does wide receiver one mean on the Texans? Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, because it could be fair. Chris Connolly, Brevin Jordan could have eighteen targets. Who knows? I mean, like, yeah. look at this team. It could be anything. Yep. Um, yeah. Anything else? I feel like we actually have touched on most of the games. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, people could get your 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 metrics and everything. As you, the hamster wheels run, right? You probably have to wait, probably have to wait until uh, probably Saturday to send it out at this point until we see who's going to be back and forward from. There are people that we've talked about on this slate that may not even play on some, I mean, that we don't even know are going to test positive or something's going to happen. So uh, the best way is to to go to advancedsportsanalytics.com and 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 get get on the get on the substack because maybe maybe you'll send out two a Christmas gift you'll send out two if anything changes. Uh, yeah, I think gonna limit it to one. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what the timing is gonna be. You know, with the holidays and stuff. Um, between between Saturday being Christmas and just all the inactive stuff, I, I almost wonder if getting up early Sunday and just doing a, a last minute. Uh, Sunday run through makes sense, but um, yes, we'll, we'll have the sub stack out. Um, yeah. Breaking down some of the metrics that we've talked through uh, on this show and, you know, on all the previous shows. Um, so follow, yeah, the ASA Twitter, I think is probably the best resource for understanding when that comes out. We post the links, whether you're a su subscriber to the sub stack or to the site. Um, yeah. I think, I think that's a good place to, to, to keep your eyes tuned into. And you could follow 
on Twitter, AS Analytics DFS, or Start Gibson for Stewart. I'm at Blender HD. And uh, hopefully everyone has a happy holidays, happy whatever you celebrate. And, uh, and hopefully everything we talked about uh, makes some sense come Sunday. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. We've got two more weeks left after this. There may be even more. That we may be looking at week 17 as, oh, my God, I, I, I wish it was as tame as it was, was the week before. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see next week on another edition of the Advanced Sports Analytics Show here on Roto Grinders dot com.